0: Welcome to the Today Counts show. Today does count because it impacts, it influences your tomorrow, and the day after that, and the day after that. The Today Counts podcast is sponsored by the generous donors of the Lead Today community. I'm your host, Kim Piper. I first heard this term in a ministry setting, the ministry of presence, the ministry of presence. I was reading a classic spiritual writing where um, a priest was talking about his experience in practicing the ministry of presence. And I probably read that about 15 years ago, and it's had an impact on my life. I I didn't get great at it right away. Uh, I don't even know that I'm great at it today, but I'm getting better at practicing the leadership value of presence. The leadership value of being present will have a significant influence on all of your relationships, and it will also have a significant impact on goals being achieved. Now, as I said earlier, I'm I'm not perfect at it, but I'm getting better at it because I'm practicing it, and I'm practicing it, as I said, because I'm believing in it more and more. And so I want to offer it to you Regardless of your leadership style or personality, regardless of where you're at in your leadership journey, I want to talk to you about this leadership value of presence. Now, if you want to, you can call it a discipline, if you like, or a practice. I call it a leadership value because I believe it has both virtuous and practical outcomes when it's practiced consistently or even really inconsistently. You'll see results. So let me describe it a little bit. Uh, presence is something that I want to be known for. I, I want to be known. I want my friends and my colleagues and certainly my family to be able to say that dad was present, that grandpa was present, that my husband was present, that my son, my brother, he was present. He was engaged He when he was with us. He was with us. He wasn't somewhere else in his mind. And I haven't always been good at that because I tend to live in my head. I I tend to be a thinker. I'm always thinking about things. So I have to be conscious of the fact of I am somewhere and that somewhere deserves all of me. So presence is something I want to be known for. And I've got a lot of work still to do. And maybe you do, too, after you hear me out. Um, so, so what is it? What is the, the value of presence? Well, here's how it's written on my playbook. And in my playbook, I have to be very succinct and short. And it says, I commit myself to meet with one person at a time, which equals attention. I give them my full and undivided attention. Now, before you call me a hypocrite, let me finish Um, The second part of the definition is I commit to do one thing at a time, which equals focus. So let me repeat these two things before I go on. To me, the leadership value of presence, uh, to me, the way that I'm defining it is I commit myself to meet with one person at a time, which equals attention. I give them my full and undivided attention. Second, I commit to doing one thing at a time equals focus. Now, one thing, which I'll get into in just a second, um, it is dedicated to one goal at a time and one task at a time that's related to achieving that one goal. Not two goals, not three goals, not five, not ten. I don't have anything to do with that anymore. Now, I know that I've got 50 goals in my soul, but the one that I have mind out is the one goal that I'm focusing on at the time. So first of all, to be present, generally speaking, is to be fully engaged with that person or that goal or that task. And again, I will get more practical here in just a minute. I'll go from the philosophical to the practical. Now, both you and I know that distractions are both internal and external. They they come from inside of us and outside of us. So when I'm meeting with someone... Um, I'm not thinking about my next appointment. I'm not waiting for them to stop talking so that I can say something. I'm not looking over their shoulder. I'm not looking at my computer screen. I, I'm not looking at my phone. And that's a tough one because the phone has become a 21st century addiction. I mean, it is rampant. It's difficult for me. I got that sucker on me all the time. It sometimes... Is my God? It is sometimes what controls me, and I've got to recognize that it's an addiction, it's an impulse, uh, it's an attachment, it's the leash. I mean, it's it's all kinds of bad things. For as good as it is, for as amazing as these smartphones are, th- they have a lot of bad. And basically, it's a selfish beast. It buzzes, it vibrates, it dings, it pongs, it rings. It makes all kinds of noises. It demands my attention. And even if it's not doing those things, I experience, and probably you do too, these phantom impulses that there must be something on my phone that I have to check because I go to it so often. It's a reaction. I mean, it's truly a sickness. It's a sickness. So presence is also not just about focusing on the person in front of you. It might be good to figure out a way to silence the phone or get the phone away from your your arm's reach to do something i've got to work on that phone thing for me i i'm pretty good i think at being present but if that phone is within arm's reach it becomes a problem almost every time so that's the next thing i got to deal with it's almost like can i leave it in the car or maybe just shut it off put it in my front pocket and that way, you know, it's more work, right? I got to dig it out of my pocket. I got to turn it on. And I don't think I'm that addicted, but maybe I am. I need to test myself in that way. Okay, so so presence is about, you know, being fully engaged with that person or persons in front of you. And secondly, it's it's also about focusing on the task at hand, doing one thing at a time. It's not about bouncing from one interruption after another, constantly checking email, text, social media, returning to voicemails, getting caught up in conversations that are really of, of no significance. You know, when Jim Collins wrote the book Good to Great, I'm oversimplifying, I know, but that's kind of what he was trying to accomplish in his best selling book. It's that you have got to say no to a lot of good things in order to accomplish great things. I'll come back to that in a second. But it's not just Jim Collins. Patrick Lincioni in his book, The Advantage, um, talks about research where that when an organization or a person picks one goal, one goal, their odds of accomplishing that goal skyrocket, significantly skyrocket in the possibilities of getting that goal accomplished. When you pick two goals, it goes down some. So the research shows that one goal, it's amazing what you can get done. Two goals, it's, you know, you still have a good opportunity of getting them. But once you pick three goals and beyond, your percentage of success in accomplishing any of those goes way, way down. There's too much distraction. There's too much energy being thrown out in all kinds of different directions. So in order to do something great, we must choose to forsake many good things and the truth is is that many of us are in our career we're in our lives where we just haven't learned that yet we we want it all we want to do it all get it all done we want to do it all but we have to forsake many things we have to forsake everything except for that one goal that we know is a fire in our belly that we're willing to to direct all of our energies and attention and efforts toward Um, And certainly all the time wasters that can come in. So what we're talking about is one goal at a time and one task at a time. Doing one thing at a time is one of the most powerful things you can do to accomplish your goals. And it will also lower your blood pressure. It will. You will also enjoy life more. But you got to be able to stand up straight and say no to a lot of good things in order to order your life. So when you pick one goal at a time and you create the tasks that you need to achieve that goal, uh, it will, you'll accomplish it, you'll lower your blood pressure, you'll enjoy life more, you'll order your life uh, better, and you will learn and you will grow. So I am leaning in here pretty hard, but I want to encourage you that whatever you've been taught, whatever strategic planning, uh, whatever SWOT analysis that you've done and all the different action items— I really want to encourage you to strive for one goal at a time and do one task at a time, uh, which means all of your tasks, I know I'm repeating myself, are related to the goal you seek to achieve. Have no other goals and therefore have no other tasks. I'm still going to drive down more. Of course, you're going to shower. Of course, you're going to brush your teeth. Of course, if you're a gentleman, you're going to uh, shave you're going to do these things you're going to exercise you're going to work hard on your on eating right uh, all, all of these things are important um, you got to tie your shoes you got to fill up your car with gas you know there's all kinds of maintenance things that you do in life so how do you accomplish goals um, when you have all of these other things going on in your life well What you do is you take all of the other goals and you put them on ice, meaning that if you have 10 goals, if you have five goals, if you have nine goals, put them all on ice except for one. Second thing you do is block time. Block time on your calendar for the most important things in your life. Well, how do you do that? Well, um, we all have different schedules. Uh, We all have we're all in different seasons of life. Some of us have little kids at home. Some of us don't. And so that has a lot to do. Some of us have kids in school. Some of us are empty nesters. We're all in different places in life. Some of us are single. Some of us are married. So you have to apply, apply this differently. Uh, but, but let me share a little bit about what I do uh, to simplify and to get more things done and to meet with more people in a sincere way. First of all, I plan the upcoming week in detail, and I do it in one sitting. I generally do it in one sitting. Um, I used to do it on Thursday nights. I tend to do it on Sunday nights. Now, I'm just trying something, I'm mixing something uh, up a little bit. But that's the first thing I do. I also begin each day with the same routine that specifically ministers to my body and my soul. In other words, I give myself first. I discipline myself first. I invest in myself first. Because I'm the commodity. I'm the one that's going to be giving the rest of the day. I'm going to be giving my all. I'm going to be giving it all. And so to do that, um, I've got to fill myself up first. If you can't do that uh, that way, you've got to figure out a way that you can do that during the day or in the evening. So you have a reservoir of emotional strength, of spiritual strength, of physical strength. Frankly, just of health. Um, I also plan each week. So I sit down uh, once a week in, in, in one sitting. I plan out the week in detail. I make sure I have margins between appointments and tasks because appointments don't always go as planned. Tasks don't always go as planned. Um, I forget that I need to eat. I forget that I need to rest. I forget that I need a break. Um, I forget those things for creativity's sake. I forget. So I make sure that my calendar reflects those kinds of things. And as I said, I begin each day with the same routine. Um, Honestly, uh, six out of the seven days, there is an anomaly each week on one day. But six out of those seven days, I start each day the same way, ministering to my body and soul. I also plan each week through the lenses of my chief aim, my chief goal. So in order to accomplish a goal, I've got to dedicate time towards that goal. And so that's what goes on my calendar. But I also said I do it through the lenses of my values. And I've got personal values and I have professional values. My personal values is the foundation of my life. And then my professional values stack on top of those. Now, this particular value that I'm talking to you about today is actually listed as one of my professional values values, the value of presence. So what do I mean by um, uh, planning my week through uh, or with through the lenses of my values? Well, if I have a value of presence and then it's going to make sure that I probably have less appointments um, than some people each week uh, because I'm making sure that I'm placing a high level Of importance on those meetings. So one of the things I have noticed is that I'm meeting with less people, but I'm having more significant relationships and results by doing that. Kind of of goes back to that cliche, sometimes it is true that less is more. And I have definitely found it to be true in the sense of relationships and goals. And I'm working on one goal uh, right now I have one main goal. I've made incredible strides towards that main goal for 2022. And so looking through the lenses of that goal, my week has tasks listed as appointments. So I don't typically list tasks on a list. Instead, I list them in my calendar as appointments. And most of my tasks are at a level that requires time. It's not a three-minute task or a five-minute task. Those things don't get on my radar anymore. Usually, takes at least fifteen minutes to thirty minutes for the type of task that I need to do to accomplish my goals. And so, they actually show up as an appointment on my calendar. That's also um, what I do. So, when you look at my calendar, here's what you should see. And and I do have them color coded. And I know I'm getting kind of weird. I'm getting kind of nerdy on this. But this is really important. So, you know, Stephen Covey came out with the four quadrants. Quadrant one is the urgent and important, quadrant two is the non urgent, but very important. And in my experience, I noticed that most of us have a difficult time getting to quadrant two, doing the stuff that's really important, but it's not super urgent. We tend to live in the urgent, the tyranny of the urgent. And so, therefore, it robs us of accomplishing some significant goals, which are always accomplished in quadrant two. Quadrant two is time dedicated to those things that are very important, but they're not urgent, meaning they they don't have to be done today. So, sometimes I have to create quadrant two activities and make them urgent by putting them on my calendar. So, that's what professionals do. That's how they get things done. So when you look at my calendar, you're going to see color-coded appointments because they represent quadrant one, quadrant two. You won't really see anything on there if you're familiar with the four quadrants of three and four, because they have no business belonging on anyone's calendar who wants to be effective. They're basically, just to summarize it, three and four are time wasters. Um, There's somebody who doesn't know what to do with their life. They're burnt out. You know, they, they do some of these things that aren't really healthy you know, to, to do for you. So when you block a time, what it does is it allows you to isolate a goal, to set it apart so that, uh, and, and even isolate a relationship that deserves more time and needs more time. So blocking time allows you to isolate the goal. Uh, whenever I'm working with organizations and, and they're talking about st- starting something new and they're trying to fit it in to their current rhythm, I, I try to encourage them, say that doesn't work. You're going to have to isolate that new thing. And you're going to have to dedicate resources and dedicate those resources to that in order for it to be accomplished. So here's another thing that you can do when you're you're working on your calendar. So remember, nothing goes on your calendar. No appointments go on your calendar that you're not looking at through the lenses of your main goal and your values. Anything else there is really kind of foreign and it corrupts what you're trying to accomplish in the mission and the purpose of your life, assuming that... You've done the work on on that, and and, and we we'll have some podcasts on, on purpose um, also. So here's something that I'll say to myself on a daily basis, and a weekly basis, and a monthly basis. But I, I mostly do this on a daily basis. I ask myself this question: I'm looking at my calendar, and it looks well planned. And if all things go well, all this should occur. But both you and I know that that's not how life works no matter how hard I plan that day, no how, how much margin I create. Now, if I plan it well, if all the tasks are based upon my main goal, the thing I really want to accomplish, and I'm meeting with all the right people, and I'm creating margin, a lot of that most of the time will actually happen. But, but sometimes it doesn't happen. But I cannot have a day where it, it's a waste. I, I can't have that. I, I won't. And so this is what I ask myself. If nothing else gets done today, What will get done? Then when I identify it, I I change it. I go, if nothing else gets done today, this will get done. If nothing else gets done this week, this will get done. If nothing else gets done this month or this season or this year, this is the thing that will get done. Now, if you embrace that kind of mentality, you're going to see progress in your relationships, and in the achievement of your goals. Now, it's always been true. Always, 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 it's always been true. Leaders who plan get more done. It's always been true that leaders who invest time planning and evaluating get even more done. I'm gonna add another layer. It's always been true that leaders who invest time thinking through, planning ahead, get a lot done, especially those who evaluate, go backwards now. And I do something really weird at the end of every day. I go back to that same calendar. I use electronic calendar. I go back to that same calendar and I correct it. Meaning if there's anything on that calendar that was planned that didn't happen, I don't let it sit there. I change it. I change the calendar in past tense from what I had hoped, what I had planned to what actually happened. I do that because that's the only way that I can evaluate the efficiency, the effectiveness of that week, but maybe even more important, how well my discipline is to follow through on what I said I would do. So I go back and I change it. So then at the end of the week, before I plan the next week, I look back at it and I can grade myself as to my Process and my effectiveness. Now I'm not done yet. Leaders who invest time planning will get more done. But if you also tag at the end of each day and each week, go back and correct it, make it real, make it say what it said. If you're burnt out and you wasted two hours, write it in there. Type it in there. These two hours were a total waste, a total waste. Or maybe you got caught up in something you shouldn't be doing. So go back then and do that make it real so that way when you look backwards you won't say huh i thought i would have gotten more done because look at my calendar it looks pretty good but it's a lie you got to go back and you got to correct it so that it stands for the truth and what really happened all right so those who plan those who evaluate get a lot done but there's another step those who plan and evaluate and learn they even get more done because they're they're doing better the following week. All right. Those who plan, evaluate, learn and make adjustments, accomplish and enjoy life much more than those who keep scratching their head, (laughs) keep scratching their head and say, man, I seem to be working hard, but I'm not getting anything done. So remember this one person at a time, one goal at a time, one task at a time that relates to the goal. Otherwise, it doesn't go on your calendar. Focus on one person at a time, one goal at a time. One task at a time. Um, If you do that, you're going to find that you're going to have the power and the courage to start eliminating things out of your life, professionally and personally, because it really is true. In many, many cases, less is more. This is called the leadership value of presence. I could talk about it for a lot longer, but I think that hopefully will keep you coming back and give you some things to think about Uh, bless you have a great day and a great week as you plan out your life your life matters and today matters if you are not part of the lead today community let me invite you You can go to leadtodaycommunity.com and sign up for the leadership kit. So again, thank you for joining with us. Tell a friend if you enjoyed this. We would really appreciate it.